Welcome to the Black and Green Podcast. It's your go-to place to find the latest high-quality, all-natural products created by Black artisans. Hosted by yours truly, Dr. Kristen H., the founder of Black and Green, we'll discuss all things health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love. This podcast features a refreshing lineup of guests, from entrepreneurs and artisans to holistic lifestylists and clean beauty experts, and a plethora of other innovators within the wellness industry. Join me as we learn from the best of the best. Hi! Welcome back to the Black and Green Podcast. We are so excited to have you listening in to us again. I'm very excited about this international artisan we have talking with us today. It's Linda from Suki Suki Naturals. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hi, Christian. I'm good in you. I'm doing pretty good. So can you tell me about your brand? What made you start it? Kind of what was the the problem you were trying to solve? So the problem I was trying to solve was essentially, like many um, founders of beauty brands that you may have come across, I was just trying to sort a personal need. Um, I I decided to go natural in 2010, and and at the time um, on on the South African market because I'm a South African brand and South African based, uh, we didn't have anything for our type of hair, natural hair, um, and the products that were available were either very pricey if they were natural and they were found abroad like in the US or Canada, and we had to bring them in, or they were available and they were. Um, you know, just not natural at all. You, you either had to, you had to kind of make, you know, some sort of a sacrifice between expensive, non-natural or both. So I thought to mm-hmm. myself, you know, there must be a way to kind of do this myself. Um, the intention was really never to start my own brand. I just really wanted to help myself. Um, and through doing that, um, I, you know, I, I attracted the eye of my loved ones who saw my hair growing beautifully and healthily, and so they wanted in. So I made some batches using um, some knowledge of, from Ayurveda that I started uh, exploring at the time. So, you know, powders, clays, you know, using things that were in my kitchen like avocados, ripe bananas, and yogurt to make hair masks and oils. So yeah it was pretty much that and um at some point I just realized that it was becoming a bit expensive to you know keep you know replenishing their stock so I thought you know maybe there's there's an opportunity here for me to start a business of my own uh albeit small you know it was a way for me to kind of um turn passion into profit I'm actually a lawyer by profession and so this was Again, not at the time anything that I considered to be my actual business. It took a couple of years between my, you know, making my concoctions and actually launching launching the business, which mm-hmm. I launched in 2014. So, um, yeah, that's my story. That's awesome. How do you think you were able to make natural products with the good ingredients for cheaper than what the big brands could do? I think there is... It was just, you know, when, when you're starting out, I mean, brands have, you know, whole, you know, supply chain systems and costing mm-hmm. that, are, that are so intricate. Uh, also, shelf life of products, you know. Um, when, you, when you revert to natural ingredients that you're making just for yourself or your loved ones and you're not, 
you know, if you're focusing simply on, you know, things that you can find closest to you as well and what works best for you, I think there's a way to to kind of make the most of that. There's also, at the time, there was so little on the South African market. It wasn't, you know, the hair care industry was definitely more geared towards Caucasian hair types. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we didn't have the knowledge as well. You know, there was that's also the issue. It's like the brands maybe didn't do it because they didn't feel that there was a demand for it. But mm. today we definitely feel like things have changed, you know. Um, and there's also a question of knowledge and education that you realize that actually my kind of hair loves this ingredient and it's not specifically expensive. So I'm going to use that. And, you know, you go, you go from there. That was kind of my exploration. There was no, it was no set science. It was kind of a, a trial and error. Mm. And what do you think is the biggest lesson that you learned or what was something that you assumed as one way and you found out exactly the opposite? Oh goodness. Um, I think that one thing I learned about black hair, because I, I started off with hair care and then we moved to skin and then we launched skin care in 2017, but about black hair types, um, mm-hmm. textured hair, ethnic, I don't know, um, you know, like kinky, coily hair is that mm-hmm, there's a mm-hmm. difference between texture and dryness. Mm-hmm. A mind, a mind, a mind um, you know, a game changer for me. We assume that our hair is just coarse because it's coarse. And yes, it can be. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we also have to know that actually there's also dryness. And if it's not obviously addressed correctly, it will look like your hair may be coarse when it doesn't need to be, even if it's very coily. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Aren't there all those hair types like 3C or 3A or 4B? Like you can get down to a lot of detail to understand exactly how your hair is shaped and defined and what makes it unique and special in one's own. Yes, there's that. And I also learned that while I was, you know, trying to help myself. But over the years, I mean, I kind of obsessed too much over that, the idea of um, hair types, you know, am I 3C, am I 4A, you know, and and then I thought it was starting to be a bit toxic for me. Mm. Um, for me the most, because then you're comparing your texture to the texture next door and it's mm. constantly, you're actually realizing we're just creating new standards of beauty. If it's not a, if it's not a bouncy curl, then it's not, you know, it's not good enough, you know. So um. I, I tried to stay away from that as I got older, um, but rather focus on how my hair receives moisture and hydration. And, you know, for me, the most important thing is not whether you're uh, what type hair you are, but rather what your porosity is. You know, how does your hair uh, receive moisture, hydration? I'd say, mm. hydration. yeah. How could someone know what the porosity level is of their hair? Because I think that's a really good point that their type is less important than the porosity, but how can they know their porosity levels? So porosity levels are calculated by um, using um, a hair strand, clean hair strand, that's important to say, and um, putting it in a, in, a, in a glass full of, I would say, lukewarm water or, you know, room temperature water. If your hair um, sinks to the bottle, the, the bottom, sorry, of the, of the glass uh, relatively quickly, it means you're highly, um, you've got high porosity. So you're, mm. you easily receive uh, moisture 
you easily receive. I don't want, sorry, I keep using the words moisture and hydration interchangeably, but they're not the same thing. Your hair does not receive hydration easily. But mm-hmm. if, it's, if, it's, if it's floating, it's low porosity. So it takes the time for, for you to actually wet your hair. The other example would be for me, you know, when I have to wash my hair t- or if I'm swimming, if I have to put my my head in underwater, it takes a, it takes a while for me to for it to be really wet. To you know, when your hair's wet, it really does take time. So, so that's the test, and from there you can kind of figure out, you know, how how do I moisturize? So if you're highly porous, you will also easily, um, you know, your your hair as much as you, it takes time for you to. It, it's easy for you to receive moisture. It, it, it's also easy for you to kind of um, dry your hair to dry up. So you have to mm. you have to seal it in a certain way to, or or rehydrate every other day so that you're constantly maintaining moisture and hydration levels in your hair, um, yeah. as opposed to someone with low porosity, which you know will, would be different. So yeah, so this is the t- different ways to do it. Got it, got it, is educating on hair knowledge important to your brand? Is that something that you do often, is trying to educate women on the way that their hair, or black women, on their hair types and their texture, their hair porosity, and how that matters with the way that they take care of it? Is that important to your brand? It's it's very important to my brand because my brand is actually not, uh, we're not a... Um, a hair care brand in that we're very um, treatment focused, so care focused. Mm. We're not uh, very styling sort of. We don't we don't have those products that are very like oh styling wash and go. That may change, but the focus has been. And I'm a self funded brand, so relatively small still. Um, is to really focus on how how do we care. Because that's that's the most important thing to care for the the hair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can play with it. It's kind of the same concept with skincare and makeup. You know, um, do, do your skincare routine. Make sure your skin is you know not your skin barrier is 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 well protected. That you know you have great hydration levels in your skin, and you know how to hydrate your skin. And then you can move on to doing your makeup and having fun with it. But if your skin is not in the best shape, obviously you can't be, benefit from you know fun makeup or you know looking your best. However, it is that you do look your best. So I do speak about that. I've had a couple of events around, you know, hair care masterclasses, skin care masterclasses in South Africa, as well as in the DRC, where I'm originally from. And um, you can definitely see that people walk out of there with knowledge that will stay with them and will allow them to make better choices uh, for themselves and just just lifestyle choices. The idea is to really educate um, and then the consumer can make better choices. Mm, that's awesome. Now we will pause for a moment of meditation with Dr. Crystal Jones. So wherever you are right now, just take a moment to be. Be in your awareness. Be in your truth. Be in your wholeness. Allow yourself to show up as light, dark, and every shade of gray in between. Feeling your presence, experiencing your truth, 
finding your breath. And instead of directing her, listen to her. Ask her where she wants to spend more time and spend more time there. Ask her where she's stuck and go into the experience of why. Be in this breath, be in this movement, and continue to cultivate this experience through the rest of your day. Honoring that your truth and whatever you show up as is always enough. You are perfection and excellence personified. Anything that tells you that you're anything else no longer serves you. Now that the meditation is over, um, I have a really a question that's running through my head is that where do you see your brand going? Kind of what's the big vision? What's the big goal? Kind of what do you want to accomplish? So um, I definitely, so the, the project for the, our brand is definitely to have a greater online presence, um, a, a worldwide presence. Um, we'd love to be more present in the U.S. as well as Europe. Um, and as well as different African countries. And we've started, um, you know, again, being small, we're really trying to focus on on um, collaborating with online stores and physical stores that speak our language, you know, and, you know, working from there. But uh, we're definitely looking to get investors on board that could help us kind of take up our brand to the next level. And... Um, yeah, that, that's where that's where we're going. We've been we've been at it for eight years, and uh, yeah, it's been going well. But there's definitely so much more that can be done. So I'm very excited about you know um, exploring that and developing that part of the business. Yeah, that's exciting. So when you think about wanting to get investors on board, is there a particular goal that you have that you're trying to reach? And you think with the funding from investors can allow you to reach that goal? My goal would really be to to be able to retail in um, in major retailers in the US. Uh-huh. Um, just just making the product more accessible um, and recognizable, you know. Um, however, that may look for the US. We've just had a great event in in France. We went to Paris for. A natural hair academy it was amazing and there's definitely a demand for for the, our type of product mm. and um and you know there we're also doing the same thing there, kind of working on you know distribution that side but it's great because we've had great opportunities having been there for the event it's opened up some doors for us so we're excited to to really develop and work hard to make sure that we do reach our goal um, also, you know, retailers across France and Europe, but starting with France because that's where we set foot at first. Uh, but I would say as a first uh, more aggressive step would be uh, more a, a wider distribution in um, in major retailers in, in, in the U.S. We could talk about, um, I mean, there's so many, <laughs> but I'd say, you know, you're, yes, there, are. <laughs> there are so many. I mean, um I lived in the U.S. for one year, and I have to kind of remember where 
<laughs> where I would shop. I mean, there's Whole Foods, Sephora, you know, uh, we, I mean, we're thinking about all of those. They're not easy to get in, um, but definitely uh, worth trying. Yes, yes. That's very exciting how you have this broad national view of trying to kind of not seeing you know you're one small country but kind of seeing how can I expand this to touch other countries kind of worldwide mm-hmm. so my question like how are you currently manufacturing your product is it local do you have a contract manufacturer kind of what's the process looking like for you producing your product so we have a contract manufacturer in South Africa so and the, what the ethos behind the brand is really to create products from underutilized ingredients from uh, African biodiversity, um, at least in plant life, biodiversity in its plant life that we can use in cosmetics. So always bringing forward, we love the idea of shea butter and black soap, but we just believe that there's so much more to African ingredients than just those. As mm, great mm, as, that's beautiful. <laughs> as great as, you know, they are. I just, I just feel like we, we're limiting ourselves, you know, and um, always want to make sure that our products are manufactured on the African continent, that mm-hmm. most of our packaging uh, can be manufactured here as well. We're also working on that so that, you know, we're not, we're really reducing our carbon footprint and really looking for ingredients closest to us. Um and Can you tell me some of the ingredients? I think that that's a really good point, that the black soap and the shea butter is kind yeah. of the, the key ingredients that we see. Can you let me, can you explain some ingredients that we may not know about that are absolutely amazing? So I don't know if you've ever heard of Kalahari melon seed oil. Mm-hmm. Kalahari melon is just a beautiful oil that's rich in vitamin E. You can find it in, um, in the Kalahari Desert. Um, so in, the, in, in Southern Africa, we have prickly pear oil that a couple of years was actually really, really unknown, but mm. we had to bring it in. And when I wanted to start making our, our prickly pear rejuvenating facial oil, uh, we had to bring it in from Morocco. So it's, um, mm. it's native to, to countries with arid, with arid and dry soil. Um, and climate like Mexico, Morocco, but guess what? It's also found in South Africa. So over the years, we managed to get a supplier locally. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing oil because it's, uh, it's got 150 times more vitamin E than argan oil. Argan oil, mm. also a great African oil that's celebrated for its vitamin E content. So you can just imagine how much greater vitamin, um, sorry, prickly pear, uh, prickly pear oil is. And on top of that, it's also very rich in vitamin K. So um, Moroccan women use it under their eyes to prevent dark circles because it boosts blood flow. So, you you know, it, it prevents you from having like dark bags under your eyes. Um, it's just a lovely, lovely ingredient. Um, I can speak also about, um, I mean, maybe, you know, marula, you know, marula also becoming very celebrated marula oil. Um, we work with baobab seed oil, with mango butter, with papaya extract, with buhu. Buhu is a detoxifying plant. We, we drink it as a tea. It's actually a tea for us, so it detoxifies like your your internal organs. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also 
great topically, like to detoxify your skin topically. Moringa, very rich in vitamin C uh, that we also use in our products, in our cleanser, our Buhu Moringa Hydrating Milky Cleanser. Um, we used, you know, the powder form of both the Buhu and the Moringa, and they're used as um, detoxifying and also brightening. So um, vitamin C that brightens. So, yeah, um, just always celebrating Africa, you know, um, and the things we have and and just... Yeah, the idea is to is to just showcase that we also an African brand doesn't have to be like an artisanal brand. It can be yeah. very scientific based. It can be very well researched and very well formulated. And it can it definitely has its place on the global, you know, on in the global market. So yeah, it's it's a, just a celebration and putting bringing all those yes. together. I love this. I love this. How do you source your raw ingredients for your products? Is that important to you to make sure you're sourcing them directly from where they're being produced and grown? Kind of what's the process look like for you to source raw ingredients? So I'm really lucky because I work with local um, companies that source that have they have a um, they have let's say a um, I can call it like an inventory of ingredients that they're working with and they source. And what's great is that there's so much transparency as to where they're sourcing from. And I also do my research. So I have to be convinced of the ingredients that I'm getting. Right. Mm. So it's not, I'd like to know if you say it's a mango butter from uh, Ghana, you show me, uh, show me the MSDS, the certificate of analysis. I want to see these things to make sure that I'm, I'm not, yes, you don't play any games. Exactly. <laughs> and people do play games, right? Um, yeah. You know, our rosehip oil, which can be found in Asia, is ours is actually found from, and we actually get it from Lesotho. Lesotho mm. is a small country close to neighboring uh, South Africa. And um, they're actually, it's, it's ha- the, the rosehips are actually handpicked with, by, by local communities, you know? So it's always kind of, you know, even though we're not like actively, what's the word, like communicating the, these things, even from just like a, the ethos of the company, I feel good knowing that five years ago, I couldn't find any prickly pear seed oil in South Africa, but because we've created a demand for it, whether me, me and other people were now able to stimulate the economy in a small way by getting our uh, prickly pear locally, you know, uh, prickly pear uh, seed oil locally. So... It's just these small things. Um, and I also, I'm also of the school of thought, like, you know, the best place to get the things that you need where you need them is close by. Like, yes, uh, yes, yes. If you have like a really harsh South African sun, which can be very harsh, you know, in Johannesburg, we're at an altitude. We're actually like a couple of levels, above, like I think kilometers, I don't know, uh, above sea level to, you know, most most places in the world so it's very dry and we're actually more at risk of like sun damage because of that so creating for for people who are also subject to these you know like sort of harsher climates um that that we know all too well in africa you know um is great because the minute you can address those issues on the continent, whether you're formulating for other people of color outside of the continent, it tends to still 
work, right? It's um, yeah. even if you don't have the harsher climate, you'll still benefit because at some on some level, we've kind of overdone it on the moisture level so that you can benefit from it properly. If that makes sense. So yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> so yeah. Are you thinking about expanding outside of hair care um, into skincare? Are you going to focus on hair care? Is that your bread and butter? Um, we've actually launched skincare in 2017. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, so we launched skincare in 2017, um, and that's been amazing. Well, I'm late to the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we launched in 2017, and we've got, you know, different, we've got, we offer two facial oils, our roasted brightening facial oil, our prickly pear rejuvenating facial oil. Um, we've got a, a toner and a, a, high, a topical hydrator, papaya rose, and we've got um, a facial exfoliating mask, and we just launched the cleanser, the Buchu Moringa um, hydrating milky cleanser. So yeah, we've got five products in our in our in our skincare range now. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have any new products that you're going to be releasing soon? Kind of anything new that you're creating? And at the moment, I'm not creating anything. Uh, we literally we launched the, the cleanser in March. And I think mm-hmm. that I'd like to just put more efforts towards communicating, better communicating what we have yes. so that... You know, just making sure that people understand, uh, you know, all the entire range that we have. But if we do continue, definitely looking at a facial um, serum. Uh, I, I'd love to have a serum. I would love to have a mask um, as well as a leave-in uh, for hair care, hair care mask and leave-in. And um, I definitely also want something that would exfoliate, scalp exfoliator thinking of that mm-hmm. uh, something that could really kind of I, I struggle a, a bit with with dry scalp and I'm not yet satisfied with the things that I've tried um, mm-hmm. so I'll just keep trying maybe I will find something on the market <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah definitely looking for the, those are the different products yeah it's awesome that you're off like you're geared around always trying to find a solution to a need so you're finding problems, you're experimenting with those problems, you're trying to see if you can find a solution for it. When you can't, you're kind of creating something to solve a problem that you haven't found a solution for, which I think is a beautiful way to operate and run your business. Um, how have you been marketing? Kind of what's the key to make sure you get your products in the hands of your ideal customer? In all honesty, marketing is is one of I think with my business, I have like seasons of knowledge. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you know, you have a season where you learn all you need to know about supply chain and then another season where you like focused on R&D, another season. And when I talk about seasons, I mean, it's like maybe six months or maybe years, you know. And and yeah. right now I really want to gear in. I mean, we've, we've formulated products. They're good, you know. Um, my, now my season is marketing, is figuring out how are we best going to get the word out because so far it's been you know, it's really been word of mouth <laughs> that, has, that has helped us. Um, again, you know, we're a small company. We don't have huge marketing budgets, but um, it's word of mouth. It's social media. It's, you know, newsletters. It's, you know, in, in South Africa, we're, we're retailed at all, in, in all major retailers um, that we would like to work with. So um, 
well, physically we're in all the right places. Um, now it's really a question of kind of getting people to understand and finding ways to like get the word out. It's mostly going to be digital. Um, I mean, I, I'm working on, on different things with the marketing manager and it's mostly going to be digital, but like how are we packaging it? Um, mm. What do we want to put forward? What's our thing? You know, what's, um, you know, I, I'm not, a, I'm definitely not good at marketing, but I can educate. So th- we, we probably are going to, work more on the educational aspect of, of the ingredients and of the brand. And I think that'll be the the thing that, that makes us different, the education. That may be how we, how we market ourselves and our products. Yes, I love that. Um, that's a way to make you unique because um, even during this podcast, you're educating me a lot. So it seems like it's something that comes natural to you. So it seems like a beautiful thing to pull into your brand. Thank you. I, I think so. I think I, and I'm more confident educating in that way you know as opposed mm-hmm. to force feeding people to buy products that they may not even need like yep. educating and then from there they can make the call for themselves you know and i think that people enjoy that um they don't want to be force fed anything they want the information they want the knowledge they will make the best decision from them once they have access to the information so i think that's a beautiful strategy that works in line with what I know black and green customers like that they can make good choices. They just need information. And that is what we're trying to do with black and green, just provide our customers with the information they need to make the best choice that they can make for themselves. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's awesome. I know I also appreciate that personally, actually. So, um, yeah, I, I can see how many people could, could really like that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Do you have any last comments you want to share with us before we wrap it up? Um, the last comment, I'm just really happy to have, to be stocked on Black and Green. I love, I love the concept. I was just so happy to have discovered you. And um, yeah, I, 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 and it's so beautiful to see how much, how you're growing. Um, and you have to be part of the journey is, is amazing. So I'm just excited for what's to come. Yes. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you for, as we're tiptoeing into sourcing from international artisans, I think you are one of the best first ones for us to get in because we believe in the ethos and the core of your brain. So we're so excited to support that in any way that we can. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into the Black and Green podcast. Did you have more questions for our special guest? Please leave your questions in the comment section. Also, check us out at blkgrn.com. Please subscribe and comment. We love hearing from you. Until next time, buy black and live green.